Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The boyhood dream has come true. We go back to the new generation era as it tickles the undercarriage of the Attitude Era uh, to watch Raw week by week, spelt both ways. Who be we? I be fake Geordie, radio <laughs> presenter without portfolio. Now 40-year-old cretin Tom Campbell. I am with the mulligan to my O'Hare, rambunctious Jackie Orlando. How you doing, Clive? Fuck. Uh, I'm I'm all right. I know you said lunch flavour, but I prefer I prefer dinner flavour uh, oh. for my podcasts. You are, as always, a troublesome truck. I've decided from now on I'm going to call you a troublesome truck. I'll take that. I'll take that. It makes me sound like a Diesel. He's a troublesome truck, isn't no, he? No, he wasn't. Diesel was a diesel engine. The troublesome trucks were the troublesome trucks. I was talking about Diesel the Wrestler, Tom, rather than Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> Why are you talking about Diesel the Wrestler on a wrestling podcast? No one's here for that kind of energy. <laughs> yeah, we're here to talk about fucking, I don't know, uh, season two of Coupling. Why not? <laughs> don't spoil it. I've not finished season one yet. How how are you, Jackie Beans? Are you all right? I'm all right, Tom. I'm all right. Um, it's, been, it's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it? Ooh, in the wrestling. Ooh, Jesus fucking Christ. It's been fucking horrible. <laughs> yeah, What's going yeah, on, mate? Been... What's going on? It's just, it's just, the real world stuff of it's fucking grim, and the uh, the machinations on screen are a bit crap as well. So it's, it's two thumbs fresh. Why not? <laughs> well, we're here to not worry about such things, such such silliness in the real world. Um, we are here to go back to the the halcyon days of nineteen ninety six, when I wasn't even thirteen years old. Which is... <laughs> I was barely 13. Oh, was I 13? No, I'm not even 13 at this point. I'm a spry 12-year-old boy with all the hope in the world and all the ve- all the vigor in my loins. 
will change now. <laughs> See, last time, last last time you came in straight away with nigger strokes. Now you're coming in with vigorous loins. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <man. laughs> well, one must count their vigorous loins before they're hatched, uh, because. It is 1996 mm. in our world. And here we are. So what's going to happen is, if this is your first time with us, right, as Jackie Orlando uh, delicately sips on his coffee, I'm assuming. Is it coffee? Yes, it's a, a decaf one because I've not been sleeping. Oh, why haven't yeah. you been sleeping? Yeah. yeah. Don't know. Just haven't been sleeping. And uh, I'm going to go see that Zone of Interest this week, the uh, harrowing Holocaust film. So that will probably help. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you'll sleep loads after that, I tell <laughs> thee. Go and see like a, go see like a, a, a go see Migration instead. I, I, I might just, I might just watch, you know, Rescuers Down Under instead. <laughs> <laughs> same thing yeah um so jackie orlando is going to sip on his on his decaffeinated beverage uh, and before we get into what is going on in the boring wrestling world mm. in this date december the uh, 1996 uh, i've got the boring real world in 1996 number one in the uk box office is 101 dalmatians starring glenn close just clinging on isn't it just hanging yeah, on in there. clinging on Show me the money! Number one in the US box office is Jerry Maguire. Never, ever seen it. Never seen it. Oh, so that quote was lost on you then? Well, I I know the quote, but that's all I know about it. It's just Tom Cruise being like, hey. That's that's exactly what it is. That's exactly the movie. It's Tom Cruise going, hey, for two hours. I'm amazed it won awards. I mean, it, it... Every Tom Cruise film since Mission Impossible has just been two hours of him going, wee. <laughs> this is true. Eyes wide one... shut. It was not about wee. <laughs> Tom Cruise in. Can't think of any more. Cocktail. <laughs> Get his knob out. <laughs> number one in the UK charts is Boyzone with a different beat. Uh, and number one in the US chart is Tony Braxton's Unbreak My Heart. Still hanging on in there. Is it going to have a Mariah Carey streak? Sadly not, no. Oh, but we will enjoy that. it while we've got it. Uh, this week, uh, the horror movie Scream, starring Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox, is released in cinemas. Oh, wow. Okay. Ooh, okay. Directed by Wes Craven. Also stars yeah. David Arquette, future WCW world champion. Uh, <laughs> and Drew Barrymore. Uh, set in the America town of Woodsboro, Scream's plot follows the high school students, Sydney and friends, who, on the anniversary of her mother's mother, become the targets of a costumed serial killer known as Ghostface. Shut it, Ghostface. Do you know... <laughs> it, it was a... Re- <laughs> you could call back that, edit. Um, <laughs> it was originally going to be called Scary Movie. Yes. Um, the thing that I think is amazing about Scream is that it's it's a parody, basically. It's a parody of the genre, a complete send-up. Wes Craven's like, ah, I did it in the 80s, let's take the piss. And it revitalized the genre and kicked it all back off again. It's amazing. Did it as a piss take and it became yeah. the standard bearer. Mm. Do you know where he got the name from when he didn't call it Scary Movie? No, no. Uh, from the Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson song, Scream. I was watching the video to that the other day. I don't know why I was. I just thought, Do you know, I want to watch some millionaires twat a load of guitars. <laughs> I want to watch some people in space having a little dance around. Ah! Um, yeah, and all that. 
<laughs> so yeah, so that is so scream from Michael Jackson out this week. Also this week, five years after the series finale, a movie version of Dallas is broadcast on CBS called Dallas JR Returns. Do 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 bloody hell do 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 now it it this doesn't go with the whole oh he was in the shower the whole time story at the beginning of dallas jr returns it turns out that jr wasn't shot but a mirror he was looking in at the time was shot which is why i guess he bleeds glass fuck off (laughs) (laughs) i believe that's what everybody said Oh, Jesus Christ. A mirror he was looking at was shot. He was the shooter Elvis. What's going on? <laughs> mirror Elvis. Silver. Come <laughs> You are something but a hound cat, as Mirror Elvis famously sang. <laughs> Red, not Hawaii. Red Plymouth. Um, also this week... <laughs> Please step on my red Crocs. Uh, <laughs> these are the big hits by Mira Elvis, in case you're wondering where we've gone. Uh, Mira El- you're thinking of Mira Elvis songs now, aren't you? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> nope, not at all. He's definitely thinking of Mira Elvis songs. Don't blame him. Yeah. December 17th of this week. The Japanese release of Mario Kart 64. Loved Mario Kart. Uh, Mm. Metacritic, review aggregators all around uh, say it's one of the greatest Nintendo 64 games ever made. Sold nearly 10 million copies worldwide, making it the second best-selling game of the N64's history as well. Love a bit of Mario Kart. Yes, uh, I loved the SNES one, I loved the N64, and I like Double Dash on the GameCube, and the others I've not been quite as enamoured with. Right, so that's the boring real world <laughs> of, 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 of 1996. Here is Jackie Orlando, our Meltzer Whisperer, to tell us what's happening in the world of wrestling as we get to the final weeks of 1996. Uh, what if I don't want to, Tom? Well, then we end the podcast here and go about our day. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Um, so f- from the from the egg AI, egg I world of Dave Meltzer, December 23rd, 1996, we've got quite a short Wrestling Observer newsletter this week because it's, you know, it's it's Christmas 1996. Dave's got to, you know, sit alone in the shed for four days and just think about everything. Think about what he did. <laughs> uh, 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 I believe I uh, uh, ruined Christmas again. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, got my uh, knob out again. <laughs> oh, he looks, he's just like Tom Cruise in every way is Dave Meltzer. <laughs> so, uh, talking about people who love getting the knobs out, WWF. <laughs> Shawn Michaels was... Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. I shouldn't have said that after everything that's happened this last week. Um, <laughs> Don't worry. Before you carry on then, if you um, dip your microphone volume a bit because you're peaking a bit now. We've gone the opposite way. So dip your microphone volume a little bit if you can. Fuck you. Thanks. <laughs> Fuck off. Thanks, mate. Is that okay? Oh. Perfect, mate. Perfect. 
Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, go from Shawn Michaels. <laughs> uh, no, so Shawn Shawn Michaels. <laughs> I think it might be easier for me to just move back to the northeast. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, just jump in from wherever you want and I'll, and I'll stick to it together. <clears throat> WWF News there. So, Shawn Michaels was on a Rochester, New York radio station on December 6th and was in character the entire time. He called Hulk Hogan a worthless human being and a total piece of shit, which got edited from the show because of the seven-second delay. Uh, so that's nice. Uh, Shawn Michaels making friends there. Oh, he's never been a fan of Hogan, even when they work together. No, not at all. Uh, but J- Jim Ross, weirdly, I don't know why this is in the same report. Jim Ross reported on the WWF hotline that a woman had filed assault charges against Michaels, alleging, he sh- alleging that he struck her in the face as he was heading towards the locker room after a match in Springfield, Massachusetts, and that a court appearance is scheduled for later in the month. Jim Ross said it was at a TV taping and his ring entrance was all on tape. Ross said he saw the tape and didn't see anything that looked like anyone was hit in the face. So... We'll hear more about this, I imagine. Oh, yeah, I'm not familiar with that story. No, it must... I think me jump to conclusions about to say it mustn't have gone anywhere, but... We'll see. Who knows? We'll see. Oh, I'm just about to bear. What a fucking great day this is. This has been a great show so far. So we've got... That's all the WF news this week. We've got some FMW news. Uh... On December the 11th, Atsushi Onita returned after his retirement in May 1995. His return led to a legit sellout of just under 8,000 tickets sold weeks ahead of the show. His return was the front page of Tokyo Sports the next day. It was apparently impossible to get tickets from scalpers, doubly so because it was Onita and Funk sharing a ring for the first time since they blew each other up in 1993. Ah, oh, what a glorious day. But uh, it was just uh, like we, we talk about this time about WCW's growing, WWF's kind of like growing, but FMW's selling 8,000 tickets. I think uh, Wrestle and Romance this week shifted 10 to 11,000 tickets for a show. Uh, Pancras has shifted 11,000 tickets. So like combat sports in general is doing really well in 96. There's a lot of money in it still. It's, it's, mm-hmm. I think people seeking an alternative, right? Yeah, definitely. And it's just... We're on the, the crest of a wave, it seems. Are we on a crest of a wave? Are we before a wave? There's crests, there's waves, there's... I had a dream last night I was getting attacked by sharks. Um... Did you? <laughs> yeah. Whereabouts were you? Obviously, whereabouts in the water. But is there a particular place that you're being attacked by the sharks? So I was in India at first and I uh, fell in a bog and cut my leg. Like, oh, great, that's infected. And then suddenly I was no longer in a bog in India. I was in Australia uh, and I was larking about with my friends and uh, someone said, there's two sharks coming for you. And I was like, oh, this is the last thing I fucking need. And then I woke up and it was 5 a.m. <laughs> I like how disgruntled you were by it. This is the last thing I need after the day I've had. I was furious, absolutely livid. furious. I tell thee what, live it. So, talking to shark attacks, ECW, the um, <laughs> their long-awaited pay-per-view debut is expected in spring 1997. While Paul Heyman has talked about Easter Sunday, March 30th, another date being bandied around is April 13th. The word going was that request that the largest pay-per-view car- carrier in the USA had approved of the show, but the viewer's choice had qualms about carrying the show, uh, which would kill it in Canada, where 
viewer's choice has the most power. Apparently, um, because the line always was that it was the mass transit incident, apparently they're uncomfortable about the Tyler Fullington character. So they don't like that. Oh, so this is the sad man's son who has turned Mm. his back on his daughter and joined up with Raven. Tyler! (laughs) Tyler! Daddy, you're a drunk. I worship Raven. Oh! You fucked up. You fucked up. Talking to people who worship Raven, let's go to AAA. So, we know that AAA are in bed with the WWF at this point in 1996. Antonio Peña was making a play in Mexico to try and sign El Hio del Santo, Negro Casas and Hector Garza using the WWF connection and promises of a WWF contract as his main lure. Uh, A lot of the top names in Mexico are interested in the US market because for the most part in Mexico themselves, the wrestlers don't make much money and they are seeing guys who aren't the top workers like Super Carlo, Halloween and Damien get big WCW contracts so they're feeling a bit pissed off. However, Santo has so much heat with Antonio Pena over the past, he told Pena that if the WWF wanted him, they should contact him themselves. (laughs) You should ring me. Yeah, you twat. Yeah. (laughs) So we've got three bits of WCW news and then we can crack on with the show finally Uh, (laughs) so according to Dave and this may be news to you but expect Tatanka to join the NWO under under a different name Um, that's all he's got on it not only Tatanka right this is how it's written Barn Barn Bigelow (laughs) his famous farmyard brother so, Barn, Barn, Bigger. <laughs> Dave, you someone's, all right, mate? Someone's clearly written this up for the internet and just not been thinking. And it was seen Bam Bam and thought, why would someone be called Bam Bam? Barn Barn is definitely more accurate. And they've written Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> so, Bam Bam has been brought up to join Bam the NWO. Barn Barn, sorry, he's been brought up to join the NWO. There are reservations there because, you know, he left the WWF because he couldn't stand Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. So I don't think that's happening. Oh, poor, no, that was Bam Bam. Barn Barn is absolutely fine with it. That's true. Barn Barn's all right with it, yeah. Named after <laughs> like, the famous movie Kiss Kiss Barn Barn. That's I just I've just imagined Val Kilmer being gay in a barn now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Talking of Val Kilmer, Talking it's expected. It's it's expected as noted that Randy Savage will be re-signing with WCW. <laughs> uh, like Barn Barn Bigelow. He's going to batter him, but reports that Dave's heard is that he's unhappy about the offer, but it's still better than the WWF's offer. So we've got this. This is a story, right? And I've had to cut some bits out because it's ridiculous. So in this week in 1996, there's been a big Christmas party held at Diamond Dallas Page's house. And I cut out a bit where uh, Dave says, the house is referred to as Silicon Valley because Kimberly Page is always hanging out there with a load of strippers, apparently. <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be called... I thought it was... It's called Silicon Valley because he owns a fax machine. <laughs> <laughs> where we have hey, our engagement- you, monkey boy... <laughs> Monkey boy. Get get Bon Bon Bigelow over here. I want to show him how to send a fax. (laughs) When when, uh, we had my... uh, The the 
wedding uh, engagement party. That was the word I was reaching for. Uh, the engagement party the other year. Uh, my my dad came over to the cultaholic table and said, "Oh, is this the Silicon Valley lot?" <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is a great way <laughs> to describe where we work. Oh, it's just the Silicon Valley lot. As long as that makes me, uh, oh shit, what's his name in, in Silicon Valley? Is it Russ Hanneman? The, the, the three comma billionaire. Yeah. Always Russ ha- Hanneman in, the, uh, in our Silicon Valley. <laughs> as long as I don't lose that third comma, we'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, so we're at, we're at Diamond Dallas Page's house. That's the, the right. Big so, they apparently yeah. taped it up. The big, the big tit mansion. Big tit. Uh, talking of big tits, they taped an angle with the NWO and Eric, Eric Bischoff crashed at his party. But here's where it gets interesting. It's something that wasn't an angle. Apparently, Van Hammer was at the party. <laughs> Began going mental and running down WCW for using little Mexican wrestlers. In Dave's word, given Hammer's ability as compared with the guys he was running down, he came off to most everyone like a fool. <laughs> Very polite. But that wasn't that wasn't his mistake. He moved on from disparaging the Mexicans to running down British wrestlers, most notably Dave Taylor and Stephen Regal, who were also there at the party. No. So, in Dave's words, the end result was that since Regal was there, a confrontation ensued, and Regal, who used to fight people in carnivals since he was a teenager, is the wrong person to rile up. Anyway, two headbutts later, Van Hammer was KO'd and on the floor. <laughs> oh, Van Hammer, you swat. Eric Bischoff was there. Ended up saying to Van Hammer, you had very little chance of ever get back to WCW, and now you've got no chance. And yeah, <laughs> after seeing him getting knocked out by Stephen Regal. And then a little line at the end, also at the party was Raven, and it'll get the rumour mill going, but don't read anything into that at all. Oh. <laughs> he was just like, so, it sounds like an amazing party. I wish I was there. Van, uh, okay, had you been there, right? So you're there. Mm. It's Silicon, big tits are there as well, Silicon <laughs> Valley. Um, Barn Barn Bigelow's there, like yeah. meeting his new colleagues. And there's Van Hammer going, tell you what, British wrestlers are rubbish. Where, where, what would you be doing? Where would you be at this point? How would you, would you involve yourself in this? Uh, no, me and DDP would be drawing uh, crude pictures and faxing them to people. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, put a big oh. willy on it. <laughs> Good God, man. <laughs> Just got a big fucker on his head. Just sent it to Vince McMahon. Hey, bozo. <laughs> from, from, from Crystal Montana book. Yeah, you'll never figure that out. <laughs> hey, Bon Bon, put your email in here. You'll never know it's you. No one's ever... <laughs> I think Bon Bon Bigelow might just be Bam Bam Bigelow with a fake moustache. <laughs> on top of his actual moustache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's drawn on his finger. Maybe this has happened because he's Bam Bam Bigelow. I'm fascinated with that typo. Bam Bam Bigelow's gone to WCW and gone, hello, I'd like a job, please. And and then Scott and Kevin Nash have gone, oh, hope that's not Bam Bam Bigelow out there. He was horrible and slagged us off all the time. And he went, no, it's not Bam Bam Bigelow. It's Bon Bon Bigelow, his cousin. Oh, that's fine then. Come on in, Bon Bon. 
See, but now I'm picturing him to cover up his distinctive head tattoo. He's got like a little Afro wig, like um, like uh, Harry Hill's cousin Alan, or is it his brother Alan? <laughs> Just... His brother Alan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't be bad by big look because I haven't got head tattoos. I've got hair. Can't be him. <laughs> Don't know what... Lovely. It's lovely and thick. <laughs> what are you thinking of, Your Honour? Can't be me. <laughs> So is that is that the bad, wrestling bad. news that is the news? That's that is the news. Oh, well, thank you very much, Jackie Orlando. Let us uh, pull away <laughs> from such nonsense and let's watch Monday Night Raw from Monday, December the 16th, 1996. Only a couple of these left before the end of the year. Next week is a Christmas one. I don't even know if we get a full episode or not. Yeah. Christmas one, I've not checked. Oh, it's it's probably just a load of shit clips of shit Father Christmas shit. Oh. I don't know why that's angered me so much. Fuck off, fuck off, Father Christmas. <laughs> you, don't want to, you just don't want to talk about Father Christmas in the middle of February, which I understand completely. I, I, I've just got to wait 10 months until I see him again, Tom, and then everything will be okay. <laughs> I'm going to fucking batter him. <laughs> right, for all, we are live in Tampa, Florida. Uh, it opens with Bret Hart stomping to the ring. He looks well grumpy. Uh, and JR sort of jumps out of his seat to go meet him in the ring. This seems very impromptu. Uh, Bret Hart, uh, interviewed by Jim Ross at the start of Raw, he says there's no excuse why he's not the WWF champion. Uh, as he's saying this, I realise, well, the mic's not quite right tonight. They have a few microphone issues this evening on Raw, mm. where they're just not quite loud <laughs> enough. Uh, Bret says these days, you don't know who your friends are or the enemies are, or even what the rules are. The problem with the WWF these days, says cool and hip babyface Bret Hart, (laughs) is there's no rules. I love the rules. Bloody love rules. I I just want to tap out a man in the name of sport. (laughs) And you are cheating all the time. He then tells Shawn Michaels, Steve Austin and Sid that he, Bret Hart, doesn't need any rules except the tap out one because that's how he wins matches. Uh, He says that Sean has set out to cost him the WWF title since day one. He calls Shawn Michaels a prissy after going back on his word and getting involved in his match at In Your House. He said he wouldn't do the prissy. Great word. Uh, He says he doesn't think... Shawn Michaels knows he's not as good as Bret Hart is. And Bret says he's going to do anything and everything to get back on top. And with that, he clumsily declares for the Royal Rumble. Like he's the first person to ever declare for the Rumble here. (laughs) Ever. He's like, I've invented a concept called the Royal Rumble and uh, it's going to be a great match and uh, I'm going to be the first person in there, yeah. It, it felt like he was just, he was he, he was told, go out there and declare for the Rumble, but didn't really think about how he was going to do it. And he went, I'm going to uh, announce that I'm, ent- 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 I guess, entering the Royal Rumble. Well... Anyway, I'm going to go... go uh, let pop- me tell you this, Shawn Michaels. You... you- you fuck. <laughs> he sadly didn't say Shawn Michaels, you fuck. I'd have loved it if he did. Mm. He then says he's going to go over to commentary where he's going to call the action and have a little fun because no one knows fun like Brett the Hitman Hart. <laughs> <laughs> the man is a fun machine. He is, uh, you know what? You can't spell Brett without fun. And we certainly <laughs> don't hear tonight. <laughs> 
Sometimes he has his lunch at 11.58. That's how fun Bret Hart is. What a rebel he is. I I just, I know he's your boy, but I, I find Bret promos pre-Canadian Stampede to be like un, unintentionally hilarious. Yeah. He's, he's just not comfortable, is he? But I like this more than you did because I know where this is well we both know where this is going but me especially as you know a clairvoyant but we're, get, we're getting the seeds if right I will I will cut a deal with you even though I don't believe it you say we're not in the Attitude Era and that's fine but I think Bret Hart fucking getting a knock on is the start of it <laughs> <laughs> there's one particular Bret getting a knock on moment that oh, yeah. I think definitely uh, ushers begins to usher in the Attitude Era he says the S word, Tom. That more than ushers it in. <laughs> supper. <laughs> yeah. Time did... for supper, Vince. You fuck. <laughs> I didn't eat substantially throughout the day, and it's mid- late at night, and I'm hungry still. I'm very angry about that. <laughs> supper isn't the goddamn word for it. <laughs> this is dinner. <laughs> Mashed potato, my favourite. <laughs> I can't eat that before bed because I'll have a bad tummy. <laughs> Last thing that Julie needs is a Julie, whoever it is in my bed tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing they need is me doing a big fucking proteiny mashed potato shit. <laughs> That is literally the last thing my wife needs. That and numerous affairs, but mainly the mashed potato dump. <laughs> While she's there in her Bret Hart pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> of course, his wife wears Bret Hart pajamas. Bret bought them for her. That's <laughs> all she got for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming off the back of being a little bit poorly. So I've got this beautiful sort of, you know, like a, a, a crunchy throat, which is give me this extra dirty laugh this week. I'm a little bit Sid James throughout today's show. Sid James? Oh, Jesus Christ. Just imagine you just being like... Ugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does that, does that make me like Charles Hawtrey then? Like... It always did. Even by our standards, we've skipped go from the 90s, maybe the 80s. We're in the carry-on films, fuck it. I'm 40, this is what I've got to do. (laughs) I should be the one in the ring going, the problem with wrestling these days is that the rules aren't very stringent. (laughs) I like rules. Anyway, Brett's going to be commentating. I bet he's going to be really fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and he is calling our opening match, which is the Tough Man match that we were supposed to have a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Mm, Vader versus Steve Austin in a Tough Man match. What's a Tough Man match? It's a good question. Uh, either way, it's happening. Uh, basically, <laughs> it's not even no cut out and no DQ, as we'll see. It's just two tough blokes have a match. Yeah, it's just a scrap, isn't it? It's a legalized scrap. Somewhat legalized scrap. Yeah. Austin is annoyed that Brett is out there, but Brett has promised that he's here just to, to call the match on the mic down the middle. You're not the ref, mate. Chill. <laughs> Big pop for Austin. 
taking down Vader with a Thez press early on and hitting some strikes around the ringside area as well. They briefly fight into the crowd. Uh, it's got a real old school vibe, the crowd, because the, on the floor, it's just sort of wood paneling all mm. on the floor. And it sounds like a silly thing to point out, but I know that with WWE shows these days, it's all like perfectly treated and cleaned up and yeah. polished. And this is a little bit rough and ready, and I liked it. It, yeah, it's like we say, it, it feels like a live and breathing organism rather than the, the WWE universe, which could be any arena at any time, if you know what I mean. The irony that the show Raw is the least Raw show on television. <laughs> it's so well cooked. It's perfectly cooked. It's beautiful. <laughs> Vader is trying to brain Austin with a steel chair at one point as they fight through the crowd. Austin counters a Vader bomb with a punch to the plums. Perfect. <coughs> Vader dumps Austin out of the ring. And at this point, Bret Hart, who promised he was going to call it down the middle, chop blocks Steve Austin and puts him in the sharpshooter. And Austin wins the tough man match by DQ. Nothing tougher than a DQ. Uh, <laughs> Vader and Bret begin punching. And although my notes, I've accidentally left the T off of Bret. So it's Vader and Bree that begin punching. <laughs> Bree mode. <laughs> That's it. Bring Bree Bellas in. Uh, refs are trying to break them up. The refs get rid of Vader, but then Brett goes back to putting the sharpshooter on Austin. Several officials are trying to pull him off Austin, but he's not having it. Real intense start to Monday Night Raw this week. Uh, I like the tough man thing, and uh, I, I guess it sets the, the stage for Bret Hart just to to become a little less rule orientated, a little more, a little bit more. Well, with a bit more attitude, shall we say? Yeah, a little bit more new generation. Yeah, definitely. Um, very hot opener. Like you said, the crowd are well into Austin. It's the bit where he started and just started twatting Vader to the outside and they loved it. He looked strong because he was going blow for blow with a monster. He intimidated. Uh, Brett snapping. Brett and Vader having a punch up. Why not? Everyone just going mad. What a hot start to the show white hot start to things uh, mm. and yeah i didn't think brett's promo was was too good but i like the the direction that brett is going in i'm a big fan of that mm. yeah than- exactly yeah like, like we said uh i like brett hart and all his guises but i think everyone agrees that 1997 brett is the best brett so very looking forward to that tom we get a recap of Ahmed Johnson <laughs> and the Nation of Domination showdown from In Your House. You're going down, you're going down, etc. Uh, with that, we go back to the <laughs> arena where Diesel and Razor Ramona out. They're facing, no entrance, the Godwins. Well done, lads. You're shaking your head. Yeah. You're not a fan of this, Jack yeah. Orlando. Not that I wasn't a fan of it. Just like the Godwins, former tag champions, not even... No, they're not former tag champions, are they? Are they? I can't remember. At this point, they are, yeah. I'm sure they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. But they didn't even get an entrance. Fuck me. Like, <laughs> in favour of the Goutsiders? Jesus. <laughs> I forgot we called them the Goutsiders. Oh, God. But, uh... Phineas, Phineas sends Razor out of the ring early to get the first advantage. We see he and Henry working over Ramon from there. But the baddies turn mm. the tide on Henry until Hogg makes a hot tag to Phineas. Uh, Henry manages to count, stop Razor from hitting a Razor's Edge onto Phineas with a slop drop, which I thought looked a nice little, se- a nice little sequence yeah. there. However, Diesel gives Phineas a very fucking heavy jackknife, allowing fake Diesel to put a... Sorry, fake Razor to put a hand over and get the very real three on the Godwins. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
The only things of note in this, um, there were loud NWO chants whenever the Galtsiders were on a fence, and Dave and the Observer noticed how WWF have realised that this is a bust. They've real, they're not keen on Rick Bog- Bogner, but they are continually impressed by Glenn Jacobs in the Diesel role. So they're just like, he's he's good, him. We'll, we'll keep an eye on him. Um, and... There was a bit on um, JR on commentary going off on the new generation gimmick saying, we don't need clowns, we don't need garbage men, we don't need plumbers, etc. We just need big lads throwing bombs. And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Let's see where this goes. Yeah, interesting comment to make about we don't need plumbers when a plumber is on the show in the next <clears throat> 10 minutes' time mm. in a key role. Yeah. Uh, backstage we go with Psycho Sid. <laughs> Hey. Vince talks about Sid beating Sean and beating Brett within 30 days, which is actually a really great thing to hang your hat on if you're Sid. Yeah. You're yeah. beating two of the biggest in the industry, as far as the WWF is concerned. Uh, can anyone stop you? Sid says, no. The game Sid plays, <laughs> he's the master. If you step in the ring, you'll go down. Like, I just I just like the idea of him going, no, no bye. Bye. <laughs> Uh, it tur- the subject turns to the Alamo Dome and the Royal Rumble on the horizon and his opponent, Shawn Michaels. Sid says, I'm going into Shawn's backyard. I thrive on adversity. It'll be my victory to walk into San Antonio and take Shawn one more time to the top and take him down. And regarding Jose Lothario, Sid tells Jose to do himself a favor and stay at home, remembering what happened at Survivor Series. Oh, Sid ain't afraid of going to Texas and messing with Texas and, and Mexico. I'm glad you had the full recap of that because I didn't hear the second half of his promo because the live audio, you could hear the crowd chant and, and Sid was in the whisper part of his promo. I just go, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what you say, mate, but I'm sure it's intimidating. He's a nightmare and he to try and sync up with his Sid. <laughs> yeah, fuck me. Yeah. Uh, let's chat to Shawn Michaels now. He's in a different part of the Oh, <laughs> he's in a different part of space. He looked pilled off his bin. He he- <laughs> like he'd been caught off guard having to do a promo. <laughs> He was twatted, absolutely twatted. You could just see it on his face. He's like, huh? <laughs> "You're right, Vince." <laughs> I think he just had a bit of night nurse because he had a cough, and I think it's, it's yes. the drowsiness is hitting him. Is what I think's happened there. Definitely, it is December, so he could he could have a bit of a cold. Yes, yes. It's a bit like me on Saturday <laughs> when I was uh, at the spa and I had a nice nice ice drink with a bit of CBD oil in it. It's lovely. That's my new mm. thing. Now I'm forty. I'm gonna start. Take a CBD oil for my aching bones. I need to start taking it. Apparently, it helps you sleep. So I need all the help Ooh, I can get at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Can get one sponsor in this. This is sponsored. Yes, by please. CBD oil. Yes. <laughs> yum yum yum. Get that right in the gullet. Come on now. Uh, get to Holland Barrett. Get yourself some in a minute. What a tagline? Get it right in me gullet. CBD. <laughs> get it right down your gullet. Yum yum yum. <laughs> Mm, delicious. My God, they're so fruity. <laughs> delicious Skittles. <laughs> so, Sean off his bin uh, is is uh, asked about being publicly humiliated by Sid in the Alamo Dome. And Sean's like, I've been publicly humiliated loads. <laughs> You'll have to do better than that. <laughs> and it's true. He has. Yeah, he, he got his head kicked in by 20, 30, 40 Marines last year on his own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bulldog was nowhere near. Uh, he was <laughs> definitely not in the back trying to get his seatbelt his seat off. No. 
It's the best bit. Bulldog stuck in the car as Xbox there doing karate noises. <laughs> Just... If I could be the fly on the wall for one piece of wrestling history, it would be that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm stuck again. <laughs> Who decided to get a Renault Clio? It's too small. <laughs> Well, you've got a Zara Picasso. <laughs> I like it. It's like a painting. <laughs> what? Oh, I missed the fight. I was thinking about Picasso. <laughs> I love him. I love him. All the stuff he does with morph. It's champion, that. <laughs> well, it's real clever. I could look at one of them for hours. I like money he puts all the little people in. You, you know the bit of Ferris Bueller's Day Off where they're in the, 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 the Museum of Modern Art in Chicago and Cameron's transfixed by it. I think it is, is it a Renoir or something like that? And he's just staring at it blankly and it slowly zooms in to like each brushstroke. I can just imagine Davey doing that, trying to comprehend the Picasso going, oh, well, it's got two noses. Oh, I, I don't like it, but I can't look away. In case one of the noses comes against me. <laughs> That's the last that's the last thing I need. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Nose to Jose. Sean's... <laughs> <laughs> Sean says that, that uh, the Alamo Dome is his backyard and the backyard of Jose Lothario. Sid isn't popular for what he did to a legend like Jose. And he says to Sean, I'm not going to cry and whine about what happened. I'm not Bret Hart. <laughs> Vince asks Sean if he'll have excuses if he doesn't get it done against Sid at the Rumble for the WWF title. And Sean says, no, he lives openly and freely, doesn't whine and cry like Bret Hart. <laughs> 
makes comments about Brett wearing his ring gear at commentary. He says it's a strange thing to do. He says, Sean, you're not a Brett, you're not the heartbreak kid. I know you wouldn't want to be, but if you did, you couldn't be. Which is a really convoluted catchphrase. I, I just like the fact that, you know, knowing what we know, they're going to start just twatting each other backstage soon. That is brilliant, isn't it? I'm enjoying the fact that both Sid and Sean have a date at the, at the Rumble, but both Sean and Brett are just both going, the other's a prick. Hey, him. <laughs> Maybe it'll build to Sean versus Brett at WrestleMania 13. That'll be great. Well, I know they are the working plans, Tom, and I can't wait to see it. Oh, that'll pay off just fine. Be absolutely fine. While Sean is talking, you can hear a fight starting, but not a fight as in like with some sailors in Syracuse. I mean a fight in the wrestling ring. That's right, because as this as his promo rambles on, Doug Furness and Phil LaFond get into action. In there in they're in a tag team match against TL Hopper and Dr. X. Not Dr. Eggs, Dr. X. Oh, if only it was Dr. Eggs, I'd be like, tell me everything you know. <laughs> Poached. Crumbled. Oh, mini. Oh. Uh, eagles. I'd f- Duck. Oh, tell you what. Like, if, if I was like a mental millionaire, I'd be like, hey, tell you what I want for breakfast this morning. I want like, I want like bald eagle eggs. I want them now. <laughs> if you paid someone like a hundred grand, you like, get me them now. I need to eat it. Go now and get me a and you eat it raw. <laughs> I want feathers on them as well. I want that tr- I want traces of life as I eat it. <laughs> Sadly, not Doctor Eggs, but Doctor X. Do you know who Doctor X is, Jack Atkins? Oh well, it's. I don't know if you could tell, but to me, it really looked like Doctor Tom Pritchard. Doctor X. I couldn't say his name then. I was just thinking of eagle eggs again. <laughs> While you have a little ponder on eagle eggs, I will tell you that Dr. X is Dr. Tom. It's Tom Pritchard in his new Me. character. Since since his uh, his brother, formerly of the Heavenly Bodies, has gone to WCW to play the role of Jimmy Graffiti. <laughs> Fucking Jimmy Graffiti. <laughs> What's his thing? He just likes doing a bit of graffiti. Because, oh, wow, Bischoff really had his finger on the pulse when he saw one half of the Heavenly Bodies uh. coming his way. It's like, look at this 45-year-old cool man. (laughs) It's like, fucking hell. (laughs) Bless them both. Uh, Doug and Phil work over T.L. Hopper, you know, the plumber that nobody wants anymore, according to Jim Ross. Uh, Lovely Mm. deadlift spine buster into a Walls of Jericho-type pin. I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, it it was an odd pin, but I did like it. It was an odd match because then T.L. Hopper comes back into this by countering a monkey toss out of the corner with like basically an alley up, which yeah. the show did for a bit. One of those, it just throws him over the top. It looked quite, quite cromulent. Yeah, it was, yeah. Like, like we say, no, no, no disrespect towards T.L. Hopper or the dirty white boy, but it's just not a winning gimmick, is it? But he was, he's fine in the ring. Uh, Phil hot tags Doug and they go wild lovely drop kicks and a power slam and the end comes with now I've put down and this there might be a better name for this so Jack Atkins might know I put a cobra clutch suplex I've also got cobra clutch suplex written down yeah that's alright I didn't know whether it had another name that I was missing on, mm. missing out on uh, but T.L. Hopper eats one of them and Doug and Phil win they've got a lot of love for Doug and Phil in the WWF 
they feel a bit like men out of time for me. Yes. They're either, I can't decide if they are 10 years too late or if they're 15 years too early. Yeah. Which is a shame because I, re- I do like their work is, is excellent. They just don't yeah. really fit. Yeah, they're just good wrestlers who wear undies. Yeah. And that's that's not quite... If If they'd waited and brought them in with Ken Shamrock and had them as like his like I don't know trainees or something like that that could have worked but yeah it's yeah but uh, in 1996 I'd quite like that actually yeah it would have worked well but like saying for for this time it's it was a good exhibition match but I think the crowd would have been hotter if not for the previous match right maybe yeah yeah maybe but either way they're there Cut yeah. to Billy Gunn ahead of his match with his brother, Bart Gunn. This close to Christmas. Poor guy. It looked to me, it looked to me like Billy Gunn was wearing a massive comedy Stetson. But then when the camera got close, it was just a back, black bag on top of the lockers behind that made it look massive. He was wearing a regular size cowboy hat. <laughs> I did like the evil cowboy getup though. He is an evil cowboy. He looks a bit like the last outlaw, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. He looks a bit like... Um, yeah, Jeff Jarrett, yeah. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> There's loads of cowboys in wrestling. I don't you fucking... Uh, Stan Hansen, why not? Jeff Jarrett has the last outlaw look with the black steps and the black... Yes, yes, My yes. boy, total yeah. non-stop arsehole, Jeff Jarrett. Um, <laughs> Billy Gunn promises to prove to everybody in the World Wrestling Federation that he's the top gun. My God, please tell me there is some, some, some notes somewhere that suggest they're going to rebrand Billy Gunn as Top Gun Billy Gunn. Oh, God, that would be the one for sure. Oh, I, I... he did it as well. Uh... Oh, <laughs> Not in your house, it's time. It's time for the Karate Fighters Tournament conclusion. The finals of the Karate Fighters Tournament live from Tampa, Florida on Raw. Bloody hell. (laughs) What a road we have taken to get here. A tournament that has spanned multiple months and even had several wrestlers leave the company (laughs) mid-tournament. It is like the king of the ring you never knew you wanted. And it comes down to Jerry the King Lawler versus Sable. We've got in the center of the ring, the WWF podium with the karate fighters ready to go. Uh, And uh, out comes Jerry Lawler from the commentary table. They almost cut to him a bit too soon because he's just sort of stood there girding for a little while. He goes, (laughs) oh, he's going the ring. You've just reminded me, Tom. Uh, I watched the, uh, this will show when we were recording it. I watched the three pitches for Cody Rhodes this morning. And during Andrews, when you just go, Jerry Lawler. I fucking pissed my pants. I wasn't expecting it at all. And the delivery was so spot on, spot on. He left a little window in there for me to kick a football through. (laughs) It's his own fault. Did you enjoy my pitch, by the way? Uh, It was mental, but I did did enjoy it. (laughs) Well, they went for the obvious ones, so I had to think outside the box. Of course, yeah, of course. I mean, watch Rock versus Vin Diesel. Would you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I do like the idea of The Rock winning the title and going, hey, you thought it was bad when Roman was champ. You ain't seeing this this thing again. Yeah, yeah. I, I, 
I like that as well. And like like uh, Adam was saying, uh, the idea of corporate rock coming back, I'd be well game for that. Like the worst kind of corporate rock. Like he's yeah. just a complete dick. But anyway, we can't talk about that because we haven't even got to Rocky Sucks yet. How lovely on Raw <laughs> for them to reference 1996 as a little plug for the classic Raw review because we had yeah, thank Sucks you. chance on Raw. Thank you, the crowd, and thank you, Michael Cole. Thank you. He's a big fan. He's a big fan. <laughs> I was hoping for a, bull- I hope for a Bulldog reference next week. Oof. <laughs> Well, like Bulldog at his uh, Fries King restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, Michael. (laughs) Michael Cole loves the... I was going to say, I was going to say that Wade Barrett comes in, but I can't even remember who's on fucking commentary anymore. Is it... uh, uh, It's Pat McAfee, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, great. Uh, I had the meal of my life there, Cole. Let me tell you about it. Yeah. I had the meal of my life there, Cole. (laughs) Smack <laughs> Michael Cole and Gilbert Godfrey there. <laughs> what did you make? Have you heard? Have you had a chance yet to hear Corey Graves as a play-by-play guy? No, no, no. Related. He was very no. good. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Him, him, yeah. him and Wade Barrett now doing comms on SmackDown, and Wade is an excellent color commentator, and Corey is now in the play-by-play position, which is a very different discipline. And yeah. I thought he was excellent. Oh, fair play to him, yeah. I, I, I'm just glad that Wade Barrett's still in the booth because I think he's very good. I think he's very, very good as well. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Anyway, can't talk about that because <laughs> not for another 20 years. Uh, Jerry Lawler versus Sable <laughs> in the Karate Fighters Tournament Final. Lawler is livid that Sable has brought Mark Mero with her. So he is brought out Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Mm. We don't see his entrance because instead of watching Helmsley make his way to the ring to uh, Ode to Joy, we get a video, a little trail for Royal Rumble featuring George and Adam dicking him out of the Alamo Dome. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. I know they make a lot of money for the company, and if they're still there, um, fair play to them, but these, these two are annoying, and it's the classic <laughs> thing of WWF just love to go, aren't our fans fucking stupid? Just dickheads, aren't they? All of them, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, Sable and Lawler smack talk however Sable can barely be heard because she's talking very softly and the microphone is not picking up what she's saying at all but they're no. picking up what Jerry Lawler says who blurts out no king has ever been beaten by a woman <laughs> uh, multiple time divorcee Jerry Lawler <laughs> He must be skinned. He must be <laughs> Never beaten by a woman, of course. It's a tough yeah, battle yeah. between the karate fighters, uh, but Jerry Lawler loses to Sable, the winner of the karate fighters tournament. Milton Bradley. Who'd have, who'd have thunk it, eh? Who'd have thunk it? Was it a shoot or a work? I think it was a work. Mm, feels quite worky because obviously we have to because of what comes next because I wrote yeah. these notes in sort of real times and I did put was that a shoot Karate Fighters content? <laughs> Pay-per-view that's, that's, that's where you get your shoot Karate Fighter contest Jerry Lawler is livid about this he says you're not only a woman but you're a cheater <laughs> like being a woman is the worst of those two but it's it's the fact that he, he, he says it's both Sable and Mero. He says that Mark Mero is also a woman and a cheater, and he's just stood there like, the fuck did I do? <laughs> J. 
Jerry Lawler demands a rematch and gets right up in the face of Sable. So Mero steps up and they start brawling. Here's Hunter, though, to make it a two-on-one. Cheers, lads. Milton Bradley's crying. <laughs> Gold Dust of all people, hits the ring and makes the save. Did you see how he entered the ring, Tom? <laughs> Slid into the ring like a snake. But unfortunately, Sable was in the way, so he shot-blocked her. <laughs> Spot there. Yeah, she was standing the wrong way, so we chop blocked her as he was sliding in. <laughs> That'll teach you. For daring to win the Milton Bradley Karate Fighters tournament. Yeah, you woman. Golda <laughs> sends Hunter and Lola, the men, pack in. Well, he sends Hunter pack in, and Mero chases Hunter into the crowd. Sable mm. runs off to the back as well, presumably to get her trophy. <laughs> Jerry Lawler is still in the ring as Goldust gets into the ring and calls Goldust a freak. Oh. That's, that's just that's just mean. The, the crowd do boo a bit. I think it's more because they hate King rather than like Goldust at this point. At this point, yeah. But then I looked at the yeah. ring and I saw, hang on, Lawler's got a mic. Goldust is there. That big blue WWF podium's in the middle. I know what's coming. Oh, mm. I know this bit. So, mm. Lawler is coming to the defence of Hunter Hearst Helmsley because the other week Helmsley made a pass at Marlena and Goldust should be happy for Marlena to get a pass from Hunter Hearst Helmsley because Hunter's a real man to which Lawler backtracks a bit and goes I don't mean you're not a man but you're you know you you are though aren't you Jerry can't bring himself to say what it is and Goldust presses him on it what am I what do you think I am you know, you know, you are, you know, you are. And after much concern, he eventually half says into the mic, you're queer, aren't you? And pulls the mic away very quickly. The crowd, like, ooh, very uncomfortably to this. And then it all goes very quiet. And a long, awkward pause ensues. To which Goldust then grabs the mic from Jerry Lawler and says in a very loud voice, No then thumps Lawler to a massive ovation. A massive. huge pop for Goldust. Massive, yeah. Uh, Vince McMahon on commentary says, just when you think you have the answers, Goldust changes the questions. Nice Piper reference. As Marlena mm. comes down to the ring to celebrate with her beau, Goldust, who isn't what Lawler said and apparently therefore is a baby face. <laughs> Yeah, when you spell it out like that, the logic behind it's quite horrible, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's not the it's <laughs> the idea that they have played um, Goldust as this very ambiguous character, and and him coming forward and going, actually, I'm I, I'm this way inclined. Mm. Punch Jerry Lawler. I think punching Jerry Lawler is the majority of that pop still, because just you know Jerry Lawler's an ass. Just watching him yeah. get lamped is really good fun. Uh, but this is the babyface turn of Goldust. We'll see some interesting mm. things with Goldust as a babyface. And he won't really change the persona too much in the next, at least in the next like eight or nine months. He'll still very much be Goldust as we know. And then, it, it, and then after those eight or nine months, it goes off the fucking deep end, doesn't it, Tom? <laughs> well, thank you, Milton Bradley, uh, for being the, the harbinger of that particular segment yeah hey <laughs> it's Christmas time nearly at least in our timeline so we get a lovely advert here for the WWF which features Christmas carolers orchestrated by classy Freddie Blassie 
to sing a Christmas carol all about the WWF champion, which goes as follows. Oh, Powerbomb, oh, Powerbomb, a wrestling move so mighty. Oh, Psycho Sid, look what you did. Your foes don't take you lightly. They there, they lie in despair. You raise your arms in the air. Oh, Psycho Sid, don't flip your lid. Tis the season to care. I didn't hate it. I thought it was cute. Yes, yes. I, I do like the fact, though, that they've just gone, oh, who could we get to be the master of all music in WWF? Classy Freddie Blassie, when he's not auditioning small boys to dance for him. He's leading choir practice. It's true. I think he's the music band that comes from down your way in the World Wrestling <laughs> Federation. Did you enjoy the Christmas carol about Psycho Sid? Why not? Why not? It's harmless fun. <laughs> it's good times, but this isn't because this close to Christmas, it's brother versus brother. It's Billy Gunn mm. versus Bart Gunn. Billy's got a whole new look. Uh, with a, <laughs> yes! It, I know, but it sounded just so like, patronising. Oh, he's, ooh, hasn't he done well? Oh, he's made an effort. He's, well, he has, because Bart Gunn hasn't. <laughs> I tell you what, a different hat on. I tell you what, neither of them had, though. New music, Tom. Oh, that's <laughs> true. You could have given one of them new music. Is it the winner gets new music? Yes, it's that stipulation, definitely. <laughs> but fucking hell. Winner gets new music. So Billy Gunn comes out first. The top gun, Billy Gunn, in his black Stetson. Bart Gunn <laughs> follows afterwards. And just as Bart Gunn is getting into the ring, Billy jumps him. And this mm. is a brawl from the off between these two. Uh, this is the... Uh, always It can always go one or two ways when a tag team splits up. It has their own little rivalry. And quite enjoyed the brawly nature of this one. I thought they... They blended quite well here. Um, yeah, not bad, not bad, yeah. Bart's in control going into the break. Billy has taken the lead coming out of the break somehow. We cut to the crowd where Bart Gunn's wife is watching somewhere in the cheap seats. And this is like, it's, it's <laughs> things like this that are sometimes done very well in WWF and sometimes done hilariously half, like last minute and half-hearted. Like you think you'd have mm-hmm. them near the front or at least know where they are because they zoomed in to find Bart Gunn's wife and there's Vince going, that's um, it's Bart Gunn's wife. Billy's wife's here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, really couldn't be asked to find her. <laughs> I like the fact though that, they, like you said, they mentioned, mentioned that Billy's wife was here and apparently his kids are as well. And I thought, oh, are we going to get to see Austin and Colton as oh, embryos? But... Oh, sadly we didn't. No. Which is devastating. Uh, we, they're replaying in your house. It's time for those who had technical difficulties last night. Apparently, uh, there was a mm. few. There was a few places that didn't quite get all of in your house. It's time. So you lucky thing, you get to watch it all again. It wasn't a bad show. I, I was it wasn't really, a great I, show, but it wasn't yeah. great. But we've seen a lot worse. Oh God, I yeah. Uh, uh, the the end of this match happens very abruptly. Bart counters a move from Billy and turns it into a stun gun onto the top rope. Billy bounces neck first off the top rope and lands on the canvas. And the referee looks at him, barely moving, and throws the match 
out. Uh, referees and Billy's wife and Bart's wife all get into the ring and Billy's wife is livid. Bart is devastated and Billy Gunn all the while hasn't moved. It's as if he's broke his mm. neck on that stun gun. Uh, we come back from break where we get a replay of that infamous move and the the medical team are there putting Billy on a gurney to take him to the back like really playing up the fact that he's broke his neck and it's a bit like almost a year to the day that what they did with Shawn Michaels where they had Shawn uh, collapse yeah. post Inziguri and this is how Raw ends with the question mark of his Billy Gunn's career over what a weird <laughs> way to end the show yeah, I I didn't like this. Um, I don't think that the the breakup of the guns needed a fake broken neck angle. Just let them slug fest instead. Um, I think this was WWF trying to be a bit too cute and a bit too real, but it just came across a bit tasteless, really. Yeah, uh, um, this is something that they will roll on with, and it'll play and it'll bleed over into Live Wire uh, mm. with Billy Gunn being. Uh, apparently confined to a wheelchair and Bart Gunn going on to Livewire to apologise for what he did Uh, they continue to push that Billy's got a wife and uh, future tag team champions at home Um, Mm. and and, and I I don't know where I guess we'll find out if this goes anywhere Uh, we're going to we're going to see now the thing is uh, Dave Meltzer says uh, the woman uh, we saw Billy Gunn's wife that wasn't Billy Gunn's wife Uh ah Uh, this is actually a front office WWF employee. Who was just crying into Billy Gunn's face. He said, <laughs> yeah. oh, you killed my husband. <laughs> you killed my husband. <laughs> so, yeah, so I don't know why we, I presume she didn't want to do it because it was very silly. So she went, get an actress it, to do it instead. Yeah, probably. I'm, I mean, where's Billy Gunn from? Texas, is he? Texas, I don't think. I don't think they fly out his wife from Texas to Florida just for this live episode of Raw. That's very true, actually. I don't think they yeah. would either. So thoughts on Raw this week? It's a weird one because for me, aside from the opener, in ring, it wasn't much to write home about. But it's, as we say every time, it's built nicely from the pay-per-view going towards the Royal Rumble. you got angry, pissed-off Brett. you got cocky Sean. You've got Steve Austin. Running. Like, the main event scene is amazing, just the rest of it. We'll see how that pans out over the next few weeks. But it, was, it wasn't was a bad show, but it wasn't... Yeah, it was an odd show. It felt like... Well, it felt like all WWF and all wrestling shows are around about this time where it's just sort of getting to the end of the year, just eking out until Christmas. Mm. That little period between the last big show and the Royal Rumble where everything sort of ticks along and nothing really too dramatic happens for a bit. So it's in keeping yeah. with that. So I guess if you're going to do, if you desperately need to do a neck, broken neck angle, do it in a dead spot, i.e. that bit before Christmas. Yeah, true. <laughs> going to do it. Then, you know, and you want people to switch over from dubsy dub to see what's going on. Then I guess that's one way to do it. But I don't, yeah. re- I don't remember the neck breaking thing, which suggests to me that it doesn't really go too far. Yeah, I, this is the first I've heard of it anyway. Yeah. Well, that was oh, raw. Mm. We are nearly at the mm. end of of nineteen ninety six. We are two weeks away now, I think. Yes, yeah. If this is the December sixteenth episode, yeah, two weeks, two weeks left of ninety six. Oh, Jesus, oh, wept. Oh, it's flown through. I'm just jumping onto the network now, whilst we've still got it, because I'm mm. intrigued to see what we are going to be getting next week. Because I have a funny feeling 
that it's a clip show next week. Oh, God. I might be wrong. Uh, Let me take a look. No, I think we're all good. I think we have ourselves a full episode of Raw next week. Ooh, maybe a clip show then for the new year? Uh, I shall have a look. No, December 30th. Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart come face to face. Oh, shit, the best. Okay, then. Special interview. Oh, Oh. good for a bit. Anything you want to be plugging uh, as we are already in the middle of February? Anything you've got cooking? Uh, it's just just the, the secret project that I'm working on because all my projects are secret because I'm a little scamp like that, aren't I? <laughs> Maneuvering in the dark, in the shadows, going... <laughs> what about yourself? Anything, anything, anything in the fire? Uh, this week, it's, it's been a long time coming. We're finally going to chat with Gabby Tuft this week. Uh, yes. Which uh, I'm excited to hear her story. We used to know her as Tyler Rex. And uh, she talks about getting back into the wrestling world. Also, long overdue as well, finally getting to sit down with AJ Francis. Oh. The top dollar. Very nice. Have a lovely chat with, with AJ Francis about his, uh, his time in TNA. Yeah. As is, as is happening as we speak. And no doubt, loads of other good stuff. Hopefully by now, they've sorted out the Rock and Cody stuff. Because <laughs> we're recording this a few days beforehand. <laughs> One can hope. <laughs> it's all messy. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's I, I don't even know what to say about the state of the uh, about the uh, professional wrestling world right now, Tom. I don't know whether to laugh or cry. Uh, I, I, I I cry in the shower that way nobody sees. Uh, we, we, I see it. We, we, <laughs> no, you do. That's fine. We oh, return yeah. next week to 1996, where all that we had to worry about with Rock when it comes to Rocky Maivia was how well he'd do against Salvatore Sincere. Simpler, happier times. <laughs> Easy days, isn't it, Tom? So here we're next back together. He's at Brat Atkins. I'm at Tom Campbell together. Record all the country. And don't forget to join us. Not one bulldog joke this week. Fucking disgraceful. Love you. Bye. Bye. No, you're not getting one. You're not getting one. You can listen. You can no, stick no. around and listen. You're not getting one. No. no, you're not getting one. No, no, no. no, 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 no. no. Sometimes in life, you don't get what you want. No, definitely not. No bulldog you, jokes. You, you might get a barn barn joke, but not a bulldog joke. No. <laughs>Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.